0: we're gonna bring in our next guest it's justin bat from daddy saturday uh amazing father i mean this is this guy this is what he does i mean he lives it he speaks it he breathes it and it's an honor to have you on here justin and uh i'll let you go ahead and talk (laughs) david good to be here man and
1: and uh good to see everybody on the call as well thanks for having me um, we're coming off of an amazing Daddy Saturday. Today was Daddy Saturday Axe Throwing Edition and we built, uh, if any of you have gone and done those, like the new axe throwing thing that's like all the rage. Um, I did it with my wife last night for a date night and we had a blast. So I said, hey, let's do it today for Daddy Saturday with the kids. So we ended up setting up and our, building our own axe throwing uh, target in the backyard today and had a blast in doing that and talked a lot about what it means to also make decisions in life and how Decision making is the same thing as axe throwing and you gotta aim, right? You gotta make make pick your target and you gotta aim small, throw hard and and go at it. And so it was an awesome day together. And we did what we do almost every Saturday, which is spend intentional and engaged time mm. with my four kids and what we call Daddy Saturday. So I'll back up, I'll tell you the story of how all that began and and tell you a little bit about my journey. And then I'll catch you up to where we are today, and then I would love to, David, just have a conversation and then also answer any questions anyone may have in the room. So when I started in my journey of fatherhood, it was over 13 years ago, and my wife and I were newly married, and she was leaving the teaching profession and starting a a couture bridal boutique, so wedding dresses, being an entrepreneur, and I was in corporate America and pharma sales and we had our daughter at the same time. And so she was working her store every single Saturday from the time our daughter was two weeks old. So I had a little baby girl by myself at the age of two weeks all day on Saturdays. And then fast forward, we added three more boys to the mix every two years. So I found myself at home with four kids. And you know, frankly, I was having what I called a dad hangover most of those Saturdays where I was burning the candle at both ends, was feeling insecure, inadequate, uh, ill-equipped. To have an amazing day with my kids yet i've been given this immense blessing of the time with my children on saturdays and so i had one of those lightning bolt moments where god just rattled me and said man i have more in store for you and you you're meant for more than this as a father and so i became intentional and engaged started planning our days creating a game plan and doing our epic activities in our backyard and around our community and i saw this immense change in my relationship with my kids and in our engagement our communication and even my relationship with my wife And so my kids affectionately named it Daddy Saturday, and we began to put our videos on YouTube. About three years ago, I was asked to give a TED Talk or a TEDx on fatherlessness and the fatherlessness epidemic in our country. And I really um, honed in on two pieces of fatherlessness, which, David, I know you asked me to talk about here today. And one of those was the lack of a biological father in the home, which there's about 24 million kids in America that don't have a dad living in the home. There's also 51% of our kids today are being born out of wedlock, meaning more kids are being born today without a dad than with a dad. So the epidemic's getting worse. It's not getting better. And then probably even more concerning is that there are millions more dads who are physically present with their kids, but they're emotionally absent. They're that disengaged dad. And you know, that, is, that is an absent dad in a different capacity. And so I felt compelled and called to go after that second form of fatherlessness and really help dads. Learn from my mistakes and learn from my journey and give them a practical way to engage their kids, be intentional, create epic memories, and help raise good kids that become great adults in the future. And so I wrote the book, Daddy Saturday. And then we launched uh, about a year ago, a course called Dad Boss. And Dad Boss is a digital course and a digital community for dads who want to learn about faith, family, fitness, and finances, and gain an edge in their fatherhood. And then right now we are in the process of launching what we're calling Kid Boss, and it's going to address the second form of fatherlessness and so it'll be a community of of dads and amazing men in our dad boss program that serve as virtual mentors as coaches as guides for kids that have absentee dads or no dad in their life and we're also doing intensives here on our farm outside of Nashville for three days Um, we'll do 10 of those next year four kids at a time so 40 kids total in 2021 and the goal is to really make a big dent in fatherlessness and the last piece of that is um, early on in this journey God told me, he said, Justin, if you take care of the father who's in front of you, the father that you're talking to right now on this Zoom call, the father you meet in the community, the father that you're talking to on the phone, whatever it is, you do that and I'll take this thing around the world. That's my job. And I'm so honored and humbled to say that we have um, Daddy Saturday Kenya established. We've got a corporate office over there, a radio program, and we've got um, boots on the ground that are really preaching the gospel of fatherhood and helping restore fatherhood in Kenya, Africa right now. So he held true to his promise. We are around the world now. We're international and just looking forward to continuing to make great impact, not only with my own four kids and my own community, but around the world eventually as well.
0: Wow, dude. (laughs) That is so amazing. Everything you've just been able to accomplish, but I love the fact that you put God first and you allowed him to do his promise. Like you said, you stood to that promise, just like Joseph, when God said that he was going to be a ruler of of people and stuff like that, even though he went through all those hard times and everything that he he, uh, had to go through to become great. God was just there for him. God, he stood on God's promise and he never wavered. And that's awesome. That's a testimony in your life to see that you didn't waver. You continued with the vision that God had given you.
1: Yeah, man. Well, I, um, I wasn't always that way. Right. And I think for a long time I tried to do fatherhood on my own and whether it was not acknowledging my own, my own father, my father-in-law or the other great men around me and, and even God to an extent and allowing him to come into my, my relationship with my kids and my relationship with my wife and really guide me through the Holy Spirit through that process. And I tried to do fatherhood in isolation, which is a big mistake that I think most dads make, especially young dads trying to prove something to somebody for whatever reason. And well, it's because they didn't have a dad in their life or they want to be a better dad than their dad was or whatever the circumstance, right? It's a tragic mistake. And so once I got over that, I humbled my pride. I learned this really important lesson and it is, it's contrary to what most people tell you about fatherhood. And you know, there's just all this, all this talk. And you look at so many books and, and TV shows, and just the, the thread through the media around the father being the hero and, you know, be the hero to your kids and the hero dad. And I actually think it's completely wrong. And here's why, because what I found out is when I lowered my pride and my ego and I took a step back and I made my kids the hero of their own story, um, I served as their guide and I allowed them to experience success and failure on their own with me guiding them through the process. And the challenge we see right now with our millennial generation, Generation Z coming up is that so many of those kids never experienced failure in their youth. Failure at eight is way different than failure at 28. And if you don't fail when you're eight and have micro failures, you don't learn how to deal with that when you get older. So now you see all these kids that are from a snowflake generation, no offense to the millennials listening, but you know, the problem is that they get into that generation and they have a failure in their life and it's catastrophic. They have no mechanism of dealing with it because their parents did them a great disservice and their parents were the snowplow helicopter, um, you know, parent and bulldozer parent. And they're the ones that tried to be the hero of the story. I flipped that around. I'll tell you what it also did is it allowed me to, because of dropping my ego, and my pride, allow other great men into my kid's life. So there are things that my kids have experienced and done that they never would have experienced or done because I don't have the, the connections or the capabilities, the competencies to do those things. But now my kids have experienced some amazing things because I've brought other men into their life and allowed them to serve as the guide to my kids. And I'll tell you what else is really cool. You get to sit back and observe your kids and see them in a different context because typically you're in it, right? The E-Myth Mastery, Gar, um, Michael Gerber, talks about working on your business, not in your business. Like the same thing is true in fatherhood. Sometimes it's important to zoom out and look at your, your work on fatherhood instead of being in fatherhood, which we so often are all the time.
0: Mm, absolutely. And uh, one of the things that resonates with me when you said that is I was always told to step back and look at the big picture. Just don't get so tunnel vision and so focused on the little things. Step back and look at the big picture. And you're absolutely right to be able to see that the way you're seeing it through your eyes, to step back and see your kids engaged and, and see how, a, a different perspective is, is really awesome. That is, that's an amazing thing to do.
1: Well, seeing the big picture is really important, David. And, and one of the things that I've, I've found is that my daughter's 13 years old. So I often ask myself, am I a 13 year old dad or have I been a one year dad 13 times? Think mm-hmm. about that for a second, let that sink in, right? And so as a father, are you progressing? Are you developing? Are you growing? Are you maturing as your kids mature in your role as a father, right? Are you just repeating the same thing over and over again in your role as a father? I mess up all the time and I still fall short. Like I've written books. I've, I'm always studying and learning and reading and trying to develop as a father. And I still screw up quite frequently, right? But I'm moving forward at all times. I'm always moving forward. Movement equals momentum. And I think that's really important. The second piece of that is also looking at your kids and the long, the long tail of their, of their life. And so often we look at our kids to like 18 years old or to early 20s. And we set that as kind of like the threshold for success for our kids in terms of timeline. And we say, you know what, if I could just get them out of high school or just get them into college or just get them married. Right. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, there's those, those stopping points that we put out there that are artificial. I think it's a fallacy. So we look and I say how I'm about to turn 40 in January. So I say, what are my kids going to like when they're 40? Notice what I said What are they going to be like? And who are they going to be? That's the important question to ask. So who are they going to be? What's their character going to be right? Who are they not? Mm -hmm. What are they going to do? What job are they going to have? Like all this stuff's irrelevant. Your your job as a dad to help honor the calling and help them discover those things. But ultimately it's, it's more important that your job is to teach them the character that they need to develop to be able to actually do those things and do them successfully with their God given abilities. And so we do a lot of things in our family, looking at um, business principles, that I learned in corporate America and being an entrepreneur we brought into our home that really are around that vision, that big picture. So for example, most of us that own businesses or are part of a, of a corporation. We look at mission, vision, values, and goal setting. We do a great job of that in the workplace. But how often do we actually do that at home? Are we setting a painted picture for our family? What we want that to look like 10, 20, 30 years from now and what we need to do to attain that painted picture that we have in our mind for our family. Have we actually written that out our family mission statement i think chris was talking about a, a bit of that here a second ago when i when i came in and it's so critical to have that mission vision value and set goals for yourself as an individual for yourself as a couple with your wife your spouse it's important to set the the goals for your family and then it's important to help your kids set their own goals as well and and have that bigger vision not only for the next year of their life but for the years that are coming up and man you want a parenting hack that's a great one right there because My kids set their own goals. We sit there and and help them in that, but they understand the big picture. One of my sons wants to go and play football at Clemson University. I was a Clemson Tiger, so was my wife. And we're looking at Clemson and I'm saying, when I don't see him doing the things that he needs to do, I say, hey, is what you're doing right now going to help you move towards your goal of playing football at Clemson one day? you want to play for Dabo Sweeney, that's awesome. But you got to put in the work. You got to do what you got to do now to get you there. And is what you're doing right now today going to help you along that threshold of that goal. It's not my goal. It's your goal. You told me it was your goal. And so that can help them move along that threshold and, and have uh, benchmarks and pillars along the way to move them forward.
0: Mm. I'm, I'm glad you said that because uh, one of the things that I've been doing and I've been being more intentional with my kids as well is my, my daughter, she's 14 years old. Uh, we have a small farm. So she gets to be around animals and, and interact with all the different things. You know what I mean? Um, she's a tremendous animal lover. So what she did is she, she saw that I had created a vision board like you're talking about. And like, we're talking about our influence, the father's influence, they see us. She went ahead and asked for uh, chalkboard paint. So she painted a wall in her room and, you know, I was like, okay, whatever, you know, go ahead and do it. And I, I helped her and everything. And, uh, she went ahead and start putting out her goals, what she wanted to accomplish by going to veterinarian school, what, what school she wanted to get into. And she's crossing out stuff as she goes. She puts her scripture of the day. She puts her mantra up there. You know what I mean? That if God before you, who can be against you and stuff like that. And it's just really awesome to see that because it works. I mean, you got to have that vision. Like brother Neil talked about earlier, you got to have that vision and you got to stay with it. You got to have that. Why? I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, hundred percent And and you know, it's it's far more is caught than taught when it comes to kids. Mm-hmm. We can try and teach them all we want. Um, but that's why the importance of having a guide is also there because you can tell your kids something seven, seven hundred, 777 times, and sometimes it doesn't sink in, but one other person says it to them the exact same way. It just comes from somebody else, a coach, a mentor, a teacher, right? And they hear it differently. And so it's really important to cast the vision, but it's also important to act it out, and far more is caught than taught as a father. So they learned far more from your behaviors, your habits, your rituals, your influence, your value system than they will ever get by anything you try to teach them. And I think that's why it's so important to start with yourself and take care of yourself as an individual first. So my routine, I like to get up early in the morning. I do a devotional. I spend time reading and my Bible and prayer. And my kids often see that when they wake up. Um, I then exercise and get my physical activity in. Then I'm there to help cook them breakfast and get them ready for school and get them out the door but they've seen me get in my work early in the morning. And they know I do that every morning and they see that Um, I do that with them sometimes. So I might, I may forego a morning workout and engage them or do a two a day and help them do activities after school in the afternoon. So they're a part of that with me and I bring them into it, right. And and provide that influence Um, what we eat, our diet, nutrition, the way we sleep and our sleep habits and rituals. I mean, it may sound like I'm getting really kind of micromanaging around the role of fatherhood, but I think it's so important that we, um, understand how big our influence really is on our kids. Um, one thing that I do, I do a lot of Spartan races and you know they're very grueling races. They're probably more mentally challenging than physically challenging. And one of the things that I've loved about Spartan races, it's caused me to put myself in a position where I get comfortable being uncomfortable every single day. I make myself uncomfortable physically, mentally, um, and I push myself, especially early in the mornings. And it helps me overcome obstacles during my day. And so one of the things that I do is um, I take cold showers every day and it's miserable. It sucks every time I get in that water, no matter what, I've been doing it for a long time now, but it's the physical force of saying, I don't want to do that, but I'm going to force myself to do something that I don't want to do. And I overcome it. And now when I come up against something during my day, I can overcome that. And a couple of months ago, I walked in and my uh, middle son, Mason, was screaming from the bathroom and I was like, what's going on, buddy? You okay? Okay. I run in there and he's like, it's so cold. It's so cold. I'm like, what are you doing? He said, I'm taking a cold shower like you, dad. I'm like, that is awesome, right? It's not the fact that he's taking a cold shower. It's that he was catching that from me because he's seen the benefit. He's heard me talk about it. We do something called our driveway devotionals. We've got a long driveway in our farm. It's about 400 feet of elevation from bottom to top and about a quarter mile in length down to the end of the, the road and back up. And we do that every morning before school. And on Wednesdays, our heavy days or hump days, we call it, and we carry sandbags or rocks down the hill. And every time we do that devotional, we're talking about um, a biblical scripture, or we're talking about a life lesson as we just walk up and down. But the goal is that my kids every single day are overcoming something before they go to school. And they know the reason they're doing it is because they're gonna face obstacles in life. When they get to the heavy part of the hill, they say, dad, this is the easy part because the power of the spoken word is so important. What we speak over ourselves and over our lives and over others holds itself true. And so instead of saying, this is the hard part, this part's miserable, they say, this is the easy part, I've got this. And so when they face something in their day, guess what? They're now more inclined to be able to say, I can do that, I can overcome that. This is not hard, this is easy. I've done this before, I know I can beat this now. So there's so many things you can do, but it's important to understand that you are the biggest influence on your children and they will catch far more from you than you could ever teach them. And your example, your habits and your rituals are critical and the overall success of your kids in that long-term vision and long-term attainment of, of what they want to be. And that's why it is paramount that we reach these kids that don't have a father figure in their life because they're not getting that influence. They have no opportunity to catch that directly from someone who's in their life, who's engaged, who's there. And you know, we hope to change that through Kid Boss, and we'll, we'll make it as big of them as we possibly can. But you know, we all as fathers need to step up in our own homes and then step up around us. And you know, how many single mothers do you have in your community where you're taking your kids out to play and you're being an amazing dad? Could you ask one of them to come along, right? Ask your kids, hey, are there any kids in your school that don't have um, you know, a dad in their life or a father figure? Why don't you ask them to come with us when we go out to the park and play or go play ball or whatever it is, right? And be that influence and step up. Coach teams in your local area and community. So important. And it's not enough to do it for your own family. We've got to do it for others if we want to change the world.
0: Absolutely, I agree with you, man. And just uh, just being able to step up like that and and being in that position that we have with influence—that's that's being a leader. So when you can use utilize that influence and be a leader for positive things for for the fatherless, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's that's something that God's uh, put on my heart too, especially now. You know what's happened with my younger brother and stuff like that. I'm going to have to step up in that role and and be the father that he can be, you know what I mean? Cause he's one of those absentee dads, you know, no fault to his own, but you know, I'm going to have to be in that role. And I, I think it's, it's awesome. You know, it, it's a, it's a role I, I take with great pride, I should say, because man, God's called me to do that. God's called you to do that. God's called each and every one of us as fathers to do that and step up in that role. Cause we're leaders. And, uh, I think, uh, I think it was, who was it? It was, a. Uh, I think Townsend was saying about it doesn't even matter if you teach them anything or anything like that, they're watching you. And that's how big our influence is with the children. I mean, he gave statistics about fatherlessness and one in every four homes that doesn't have a father and stuff like that. And he said, okay, that doesn't account for the, the fathers who are doing it right. He's also, if that's just a bad father, and these are the statistics of a father that's not doing these things that we're talking about right now, and that's how much influence we have. Can imagine the positive influence we have if we are living a life of intent, like uh, Christopher Worth was talking about. Imagine if we stepped in those roles. If we knew our vision, like uh, like uh, Neil Reyes was talking about. You know, I, I think it's awesome. I mean, it's it's such an amazing thing that God's gifted us to to be a father, and to just share this message with other fathers out there that hey, you know, three things. <laughs> First off, you're never going to be a perfect father. No one is. Okay. There's only one perfect father. That's the father up above in heaven. Number two, you can be a better dad. I mean, we, we have, you know, steps and everything like you. You have a program and everything, and, and there's criteria out there. There's, there's all kinds of uh, 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 positive uh, affirmations and stuff like that to step into your role. And number three, man, we got to put in the work. Being a good father is, is, is work. You know what I mean? So I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome that we're able to do well, that.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I felt like I was um, doing a lot, and and through this platform, I was being a pretty good dad to my kids. And then I really got involved in Daddy Saturday Kenya, and what they were doing over there, and I became, I started to realize how entitled and how much we actually have, and how pathetic I felt as a dad and some of what I was doing, because they do so much with so little over there. And so such a little bit goes such a long way. And they use creativity and ingenuity, right? And I'm like, I hear from a lot of dads, they say, I just don't know what to do with my kids. I'm like, man, doesn't have to be expensive, extravagant or extraordinary to be epic, right? Just engage them, just be there and be present when you're with them. And that can change everything. I learned so much from the gentleman, um, Charles Koach, who is our our boots in the ground in daddy Saturday Kenya and just what they do with so, so little. And it's been a really amazing thing for my kids because they've gotten to see it at least virtually at this point. And we have plans to go over there and do a mission trip in Kenya and let them physically experience it. I know it will be life changing for them, right. And for all of us to be able to have that, but how much of that we have in our own communities and how much can we step up in not only in our own household, but outside of that and really help other people achieve that vision. Because look, I think that, that your point, David, is exactly where we're t- trying to take kid boss and that is to say, I want to connect fathers to the father through dad boss. And I want to connect kids with the father and help them to understand that no matter if they have a dad in their life or not, they have a heavenly father that loves them, wants a relationship with them, and is always going to be there for them no matter what. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is the point and the goal. And if we can do that as, as dads for our own kids and for the kids in our community, then we're all going to be better off for it. I, I attended a, um, an all pro dad event which is another great organization. If you're not familiar with it, I would ch- definitely check it out. Mark Merrill's the CEO out of Tampa, Florida. Tony Dungy very involved, all pro dad. And um, I was at an event in Clemson and Dabo Sweeney came out and talked to Clemson's head football coach who I just have tremendous respect for. And is an amazing dad himself and a coach. Right. And he's a father to a lot of, of the players, right. Who don't have dads or who come through school. And while they're there with him for four years playing football, he serves a lot in that capacity as a father figure. And one of the things he said was he goes, I have four things that are four tips that every father should know. Yeah, He said, one is have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Secondly, that you need to read your Bible daily. You need to pray daily. And then number four, you need to help your children do the same thing. Hmm. I mean, those are my four rules for fatherhood. And I was like, wow, that is amazing to have someone at his level on that stage um, publicly declare that, but he's absolutely right. And I believe that wholeheartedly as well. And it was one of the most precious moments in my life when I was able to lead my daughter to Christ, telling a story about frozen in her bedroom and just telling bedtime stories, which was something I do every night um, with all of my kids. And it was because I was present, because I was engaged, because we tell bedtime stories no matter how much I don't want to do it or I'm tired or don't feel like you know telling the story. I was able to lead my daughter to Christ because I was sitting on her bed and we had a conversation and it came up and we were able to, we were able to do it. Um, just a couple of months ago, my grandmother passed away. And my youngest son, who's six, started asking the question, um, where's grandma? They're talking about she's in heaven and what it means to be in heaven. And they know what it, what it means to have a relationship with Christ. And so we talked through that and um, they started asking the question, well, I want to I want to go be with grandma. We said, OK, well, do you know how you do that? I want to see her one day. And he said, yeah, I know how to do that. I want to do that now. Mm-hmm. So I was able to lead all three of my boys to Christ on our back patio overlooking our farm. And it was just one of the most incredible, insane moments of my life. Right. I will always remember that talk about epic moments, but again, it was always because we were, I've been there, I've been present. I've had those conversations and, and I would never take that back because those opportunities are so narrow that we have with our kids and time that they're home. The average child has 900 weeks um, in the home, not yeah. a long time, no. 933 weeks. We have a limited time to make an impact. We need to make the most of it. And I know there may be some dads on this call who are, who have older kids whose kids are grown and gone. And what I would say to them and what I often say to the dads that ask me that question is, um, man, it's never too late. It's never too late to engage your kids. And if you start moving towards them, they will move towards you. It may not be immediately, but I bet you'd be surprised at how fast they want to have a relationship with you, no matter where your relationship is. And the more intentional, the more engaged you can be with your kids when they're young, the easier it is when they get older, because they become accustomed to you as the guide. But regardless, man, it's never too
0: late. You know what, I I can contest that myself with my 14 year old, Uh, pretty much a majority of her life, I was on the road working. So uh, our relationship had kind of, it created that void, that vacuum, you know, and uh, like you said, just living that life of intent and being purposeful to, to, to want to be a part of her life to, to show her that she mattered, you know, stopping what I was doing to put her first and that that just made such a a big difference I mean it it truly did because everything else I had read or, or or tried wasn't working with her it was like in one ear out the other and she was still doing the same thing but once she started seeing not me telling her but me showing her that she mattered that I wanted to know about her life it just changed her. I mean, and I, I, that's all the Lord, none of me. I mean, I thank God for that because like you were saying earlier about uh, our limited amount of time that we have with our children, the way I look at it is we have 13 summers. That's all we have is 13 summers with them to make that influence in their life. And based upon those 13 summers and how, you know, we were plugged in with them and, and just, just influencing them and being engaged with them. Once they hit that 13 mark, it's going to determine the rest of how they see us and how our relationship is with them. You know, so it's those, those years are very critical to try to engage with them. I wanted to ask you, Justin, for the fathers out there who need tip, if you have any kind of tip that you can give a father who is seeing where he's falling short, as far as uh, being engaged or something like that, what could you, what could you leave them with? Like, what would you suggest? that they can do?
1: Yeah, I think that, I think first you need to look at your mindset and say, um, why are you feeling that way, right? Is it regrets because you haven't been there in the past? Is it because your comparison is the death of contentment? So if you're comparing yourself to somebody else, I call it dad envy, then, you know, that may be something else you need to look at. And maybe it's a pride issue. So check yourself first and say, why? Ask the why question and examine yourself. Secondly, I would say that, Um, what excuses are you making? What obstacles are in your way to being engaged with your kids? I I guarantee you most of it is probably a story that you're telling yourself in your head. And maybe that you don't think your kids want to engage with you. They don't think you're cool or you don't know what to do. Right. And -hmm. it goes back to my statement about me feeling insecure and inadequate and equipped, right? All those things that I was feeling with my own kids. And they were all stories I was telling myself in my head. None of them were true. My kids wanted all of those things. And I, I was equipped. I was secure. I was um, made for this. And so are you. And so I think that's the, the second thing. And then the third thing I would say is father is not meant to be done in isolation. So stop trying to do it yourself, gain mm-hmm. help, get with other dads in community who can help you along the way. Like there is no perfect dad and we're not made to do this by ourselves. We're meant to do this in community. And that's why this call is so important. That's why I agreed to join this call because I'm all about community of fathers and being with other great fathers. Iron sharpens iron. As I heard earlier, it's true. And so start something in your community, join something in your community, surround yourself with other dads and, and that will help out tremendously. And you'll start to see, man, like it's not such a burden if I do it in community, if I try to do it by myself, it's hard. I think the last thing I would say is that um, if you have multiple kids, then also look at how do you do some one-on-one time? Because I know with my kids, I have four kids, they're mm-hmm. 13, 11, uh, eight and six. And so girl and three boys, and when they're all together, man, I mean, it's just like, it's crazy, right? And the dynamic is different. The boys are all wrestling and fighting and my daughter's in that preteen stage. And so, so there's an attitude sometimes And going through all that, right? going to manage it all. What I found is that when I get them isolated one-on-one and we do this during the week, whether it's daddy-daughter date night or just a, a walk or a bike ride or whatever it is, going to get ice cream, I'm able to refill my tank with that individual child. And then when we're together... Um, it's far easier. And it's way easier to engage a kid one-on-one than it is to try to engage four kids all at once. And so I've found that that one-on-one time can also really help you invest and break down some of those barriers, especially if you haven't done it in a while. Um, It makes it far easier to then engage and try to ask for something big. So start small, start Mm -hmm. one-on-one, even if it's 15 minutes, five minutes doesn't matter. And that can help you reignite that opportunity to engage your kids.
0: Wow, man, that's man, you just dropped some truth bombs right there, dude. I mean, cause that's going to help fathers tremendously. Cause you're absolutely right. As fathers, we think we can be isolated and do everything ourselves, whether it be pride or or whatever, you know what I mean? We, we fail sometimes to, to show that ver- vulnerability. And, uh, I think that comes with pride. So if they can lay down that vulnerability and just ask questions, we're here for you. That's, that's the whole thing about this tribe. Like uh, Chris Worth had is his positivity tribe. We're here for each other to hold each other up. You know, iron sharpens iron, like you're saying. And I think it's just amazing that you dropped them truth bombs on us and uh, you're doing what you're doing. And man, how can they reach out to you? How can they get a hold of you with, you know, all the stuff you're doing? Would be the best way.
1: Well, thanks, David. I appreciate you having me tonight. It was great to meet everybody on the call and appreciate the time that we had together in, in community this evening. Um, I would say, too, just as a tail end of that, is I'm jealous of the moms. That's why I started Daddy Saturday because mm. I got sick and tired of reading all the mom blogs and seeing all the moms putting all the great ideas out there and coming together in community and doing stuff with moms and kids. And I was like, what the heck? Why are dads not doing the same thing? Like, what's wrong with us? And mm. so that was part of the reason why i started all of this back then it was because i wanted to establish that community so go out and make it happen in your own area um, and we're here to help so whether you need ideas how to engage your kids you want to learn how to be a more intentional and an epic dad with your kids um, then go to DaddySaturday.com, and that's our hub for everything daddy saturday dadboss.com is where you can find access to the dad boss course and community um kidboss.com will be coming soon so if you want to step up as a coach or a mentor and engage in a, with a, a absentee father that's a kid who's suffering from having an absentee father you can help there um, daddy saturdayfoundation.org and best place to connect with me is on linkedin at justin bat
0: awesome justin thank you so much for your time and all the information you dropped on us and i know you're extremely busy but i mean It's awesome to see fathers get together with the same common vision, same common purpose to spread this message that you're bringing as well. And to see the level that you're at with this is just truly an inspiration to me, because this is something that God's placed on my heart to do as well. And uh, just to see where you're at. I mean, I look at you now as just, you know, like a mentor to, to see where you're going with this. And uh, I look forward to more conversations with you and working with you in the future. And man, I, Let's make this happen, dude. I I thank you for being on here, brother. I really do from the bottom of my heart, bro. Thanks,
1: man. It's such a pleasure. I'm going to go out and engage them in a multi-sports battle right now in the sports court. So wish me luck.
0: Take care. God bless, Justin.